The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everybody, welcome back to New York Talk. Thank you all for being with us. We have a victory to talk about. Yeah. Uh, first victory in, I don't know, six, seven games, something like that. A big, big, big three points. Could be end up being a really big three points in the season, hopefully. Plenty to cover, three goals, quite a lot of talking points. Um, and we'll cover all that over the next hour or so. Uh, Mick, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm all right, mate. Thank you very much. Um, I do have a, a point of order from the last podcast. If uh, if I might just um, okay, I might just mention it. I did uh, make a comment about Tom Eves being fouled, uh, and the RUFC posted the video on Twitter, and somebody kindly pointed out that he wasn't fouled six times as I'd um, as I'd said. So having watched the video back, I'd just like to apologise for people saying it was six times. It was only three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which makes a massive difference, obviously. So, just I just thought I'd point that out. Yeah, I mean, to drag it back to Keith Stroud, he'll be he'll be loving it. He'll be so happy about you talking about him again. Yeah, um, <laughs> more. Well, we'll talking about him next Monday anyway, won't we? So, correct. Um, Danny, back with us. How are you doing, Danny? Um, I'm good, thank you. My head's been a little bit fried due to some information I've been <clears throat> talking about for a uni project, but. We're getting the um, the tunnel vision for the fun, for the Sunderland game, lads. Because what a win that is! Good lord. Correct, correct, Amundo. Um, first of all, as we have the last few weeks, we want to say thank you to Kimbo Sports for supporting the podcast. As I already mentioned, they are uh, experts in kit supply. So you're in a new Sunday League team, Saturday League team kit for next season. Want to get ahead of yourselves or five side, six side team? You play on the evenings, get in contact with kimbosports.co.uk is their website. Um, and you'll be able to find out what kits are available to, to you. And like I said, they're helping us out with some stuff over the coming weeks, really. So thank you very much to them. Um, we've got Graham Lindley with us, Shane Gate Result, Josh Hincliffe with us, David Lawton, the evening, or what a difference a win makes. John Hensby, 
Hello, everybody. Still buzzing from Tuesday. YouTube says, good evening, gentlemen. I bet we are all a bit happier now. Yes, we are. Uh, Tobias says, is it three big points or three easy points? Now, it was not easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy at all. Good grief. Um, but three points, nevertheless. Uh, Sarah Ogden, Michael Cornell. Ian Barnes with us from California. Ooh, I bet that's nice. Uh, we've got a few more people. Thank you, everybody, who's commented so far. I'll say a little in the comments later on. Um, first of all, Mick, we've got to give you a bit of a praise. Don't like doing it, but we've got to. Mick predicted 2 1 victory. Um, yeah, but you didn't think it would be as, uh, you know, squeaky bum as that, did you? <laughs> I said I was going to be positive, didn't I? And uh, that's what happens when you're positive. I quite like it, actually. I might have to try it again one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go back, I suppose, to the start, Danny. A couple of changes, uh, as as there always are, with, with with especially when you play Saturday, Tuesday. We went back to, well, what formation? Would we, we think of 4 2 3 1. Uh, to start with, well, yeah. it, weren't, weren't it? it was more a 4 1 4 1, weren't it? Possibly, Look I, I mean, it's going to work it out for me, mate. I mean, I'm just basing it off what Twitter says. You need to keep an eye out for them uh, semicolons when they announce yeah. the lineup. And from what Twitter said, it was a 4 2 3 1 with um, Coventry and a Doff. No, um. Kind of, my brain's that fried, lads. I can't even remember who started in 11. Good grief. One moment, I'm getting up the line. Anyway, I just know that... Ah, it was... Right, got it. Right, we're back, we're back in the room now. Um, It was <clears throat> Coventry and Rathburn slightly slightly back with Fozu in the middle. Um, The up-the-spout position, as I call it. The problem with that is Rathburn was played as far forward as he's done all season. <laughs> yeah, but, but then I look on... I follow at the lineup, and that says it's a four-four-one-one. Well, they definitely don't know what they're talking about. Although, I don't know. Anyway, we're getting bogged down in formations that don't really matter. I suppose, aren't we? Um, but were you happy with? You're happy with? I suppose the question is, Danny, were you happy with that? You, you we've seen a Dolphin drop out for the first time in five or six games. Mm. Uh, Chio kept his place. Fossil came back into the starting lineup. Going into the game, we are sort of satisfied that that was a fairly positive lineup. Yeah, I was happy that Fozu came back in, that's for sure. Um, I was also happy to see Jamie Lindsay appear yes. on the bench as well. That, exists. I'm, sa I'm saying it again. I swear Matt Taylor watches these podcasts because that is exactly what we said. Where's Jamie Lindsay gone? And then suddenly he's appeared. Like, But yeah, I, I was happy to see Fozu. Um, I thought Chio started off quiet but grew into the game as it went further on. Um, Ferguson kept his place, I believe. Mm. Yep, and I think Ferguson put in. He was okay in the first half, and then for the he spell in the second half, it was a lot better. Um, but yeah, I was fairly happy the lineup. I have to say, I would have liked to have seen Lindsay start because I thought Rathbun might have been out injured because there was yeah. nothing about him having a groin pull. Um, but Rathbun put in a Rathbun performance again. It's like nothing's happened to him at all. It is, yeah. It's like he don't play. The pain doesn't matter to him. Um, I'm going to be maybe controversially Mick and say for the first up until the goal, I thought we were pretty average. Um, it felt it felt very much uh, it felt better than the Coventry game, but in mm. terms of a game plan, it felt it felt very similar to the Coventry game. It was it was a lot of hit and hope to Hugel, uh, which is a lot of haters in there. Um, it didn't work initially. The goal came from a Rathbone, a great goal, but a bit of a gift in terms of their defence. 
they allowed Rathbun the, the time and space. It's a bit of a concern how slow we started, but in the end, it didn't matter. But it, that first 20 minutes weren't amazing for me. Yeah, I, I think I think he's, he's obviously trying to get him to play a specific way, a set way, or a certain mm. way. Uh, and I, I think we talked about this before the game, and, you know, he's, he's different different formations in and out of possession, et cetera, et cetera. And I think they're having some issues coming to terms with that and, and, and getting their heads around it. Um, but the goal kind of helped that. Mm. And, and I don't think they changed the way that we were playing after we scored the goal. It just gave us that confidence, I think, to push on um, and, and, and perhaps realise that, you know, this, this can work. You know what mm. I mean? Um, so, yeah, but it was a bit... The issue, I think, with the way he's trying to play is that when it's going wrong, it looks bad. Yeah. It really does look a mess. But when it's going right, it's excellent. Mm. So, you know, he's got a lot of work to do um, to, to, to sort of cement this these strategies in, in, into the into the players' uh, minds. But, yeah, I can't fault it after the goal. Uh, it was a bit... And we talked about it at the time, didn't we? Just not really sure what we're trying to do here. Um, and then all of a sudden we found out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry Fenby nails it, as, as we're used to, to Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it is. It was. Um, yeah, let's talk about the first goal, Danny, before we talk about some penalty incidents, because I can't remember what came first, to be honest with you. Um, but Ollie Rathbone, he scored again from outside the area. I think that's six goals for Rosie United. All of them are outside of the area, or certainly in the league they are. Um, mm. He's injured. Danny, <laughs> he's been injured for a few months apparently, um, mm. but this guy just keeps popping up, putting in great performances. Let's be fair, but Sunderland allowed him the freedom of the half of the pitch, but he still had to take advantage of it. It's still not a very easy finish from there at all. No, <clears throat> not at all. Um, but I thought at that time, like you said, I, I, I think we were slight, we were above average because I thought we were very average against Coventry. Mm. Um, so we, we were better, but we were playing a better team. So we that sort of levelled it out, if you like. But it was it was just one of the moments where Sunderland went sort of stepped back and went, he's going to pass it out wide. And you yeah. saw all the all the players get it in the red at more or less the same time. It's like he's going to pass it out wide because um, rather Fozzie or Fergie making the run down the left sides that they did all match effectively. But Rathbone's mm-hmm. just gone. No, I'm I'm just going to hit this because the game was crying out, and I think we've been crying out for a player just to go. No, I'm going to hit it and see what happens. It's either going to be spectacular or egg him on a bit. And Rathbun's took it so well. I mean, Sunderland's keeper were beaten when it lifted his boot. He got it so far in that corner, and it effectively fooled everybody because nobody thought Rathbun was going to shoot other than Rathbun. And it just a great start. It absolutely spectacular. Um, and Rathbun did what Rathbun does, you know, he's hit it, mm. sweet as a nut, and it's gone in. We still want that goal inside the area, though, Ollie. I'm just, before <laughs> end of the season, we want that goal inside the area. But for now, keep it in them in as much as you like, because it, it's a great finish. Absolutely spectacular. Mm. Yeah. There was there was some talk and debate on Tuesday, Mick, that Rathbun was out. Uh, there was mm. quite a few reports that he was, he was injured and wouldn't be playing. And then when he... But then when he's picked, there's then the conversation of, right, it's great that Rathbone's playing, but if he is injured and he yeah. is playing on the very, very edge, then that's a massive risk. I'd prefer him to miss one game or two games than miss eight games. Mm. But the gamble paid off because he was it was brilliant until he had, until he, I think he eventually came off. Yeah, came off, came off towards the end. So the gamble paid off, Matt Taylor, to be fair. 
Yeah, it did. Uh, it's how long it can continue to pay off, isn't it? Uh, we'll have to see see about that going forward. And we obviously, none of us know what this injury is, do we? So, you know, it might be something that, that is manageable. Um, but if he does break down, we've got Jamie Lindsay. Um, and, and I have, I genuinely, I, I mean, I, 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 I think Ollie Rathbone would, would get in the side ahead of Jamie Lindsay because he clearly is. But there's not a massive amount of difference between them. Not a huge amount. They both do pretty much the same job. Um, and and have, you know they're just very very similar players. So you know if 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 he has to rest and and and, and bottom this injury once and for all before the end of the season, I, it's not a massive concern. It's a concern, but it's not a huge one. Yeah. Um, clearly, we'd prefer Ollie in the team every day of every week. But you know, um, it's more of a goal threat. Any Rathley, he's showing that now. Yeah. He's, he's more yeah, of a yeah. threat in the final third. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it seems. Um, John Hensby says it's a long-standing growing injury. I'd heard that he'd been injured since we played Hull. Is the rumor I'd heard, which is pre-World Cup. Yeah. Um, so it must. It, hopefully, when the summer comes, they can sort it properly. If he needs minor surgery or something, maybe. I don't no, know. Given, given it's been been that long, it's not going to be two games out. It's not going to help him in any way, is it? No. Exactly. So, um, do, we, do we think um, Ollie should try yoga? <laughs> Why Stretch not? Stretch it out a bit. <laughs> just saying it's an idea it is yeah, yeah. as we as seem to know when, that if you watch it from the club I'm just, I'm just saying when Matt Crooks was here right just a slight tangent but it's relevant alright um, whilst Matt Crooks was here he had a long standing mm. groin injury and um, I'd gone into hospitality where we met Chloe uh, his sister and my mum mentioned to her about doing yoga stretches um, and if Matt's got a, a standing groin injury, they really stretch it out. And then suddenly his groin issues disappeared. And then he ended up signing for Middlesbrough. Um, so I'm just saying, someone tell Ollie to do the stretches and it'll go. I'm telling you. The only difference is the height between the two players. Yeah, and then he'll go Middlesbrough. But anyway, that's <laughs> took a couple of seasons of time. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Ollie, get them stretches in, mate. <laughs> um, Phil Rose, I think, we're being a bit harsh. Uh, I thought we made a really positive start. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't agree, but that's football. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I took a bit of battery on Twitter when I said we. I don't think we had a very good first half, but I stand by it. I don't. I don't think we were amazing. I thought we were fine. I thought we had another level. I still think we've got another level. Um, but there we go. One of the issues, Danny, that I thought from the first half that the first goal was brilliant, but as soon as we considered that first goal, they should have scored two. Victor's pulled yep. off an absolute wonder save. And from the following corner, their number five or whoever it was had a f- completely free header, probably 10 yards out, which he should have buried. So these are issues that we need to sort out because a better team on a, on a better day, we, we go 1-1, one, one, instantly 1-1. One, one, you've thrown all any hard work away. So that, that was really, really poor to see. But I suppose we got over it in the end. Yeah, I thought the, um, the free header issue from Sunderland was a recurring theme throughout yes. the game, if I'm being honest. Whenever Sunderland had an attack down the right-hand side or a set piece, we looked very shaky when it came to free headers because I believe their offside goal was mm. involved with the free header and their goal also came from that right side. So that became a recurring theme throughout the match. And Yeah, like you say, with their number five, he should be really be scoring that when it's a complete free header, but he's dragged it wide, fortunately for us. Um, but that save from uh, from Victor with Pritchard's shot, that was incredible. Yeah. If if anyone's not seen it, please go and watch it because it's pure 
Testagan's sort of save where he's sort of gone, but he's gone with his opposite hand mm. and got the slightest of touches, but he's put it he's put it wide with that touch. And to be sat directly behind Victor and to see that happen, like good grief. It, it was even better in person. It, oh, I was straight up clapping. <laughs> Let's just say that as soon, as soon as I knew it had not gone in the top bins, it was like, yes, Vic, get in there. Amazing save. Yeah, we've not needed to give Victor much credit for the past few weeks because he's not been called as much, to be fair. But mm. that was, and the save at the very, very end as well, the save with his legs. Is, yeah. Is, he, and other players have done it, but he, he is such a crucial part of those three points on Tuesday. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it, yeah, he's just a crucial part of this team. Uh, not just for the way that he, you know, the the, the way he keeps us in games, but uh, his attitude and the, and the way he, the way he sort of what he brings to the team as well. So, so yeah, I mean, phenomenal save that one from uh, from Pritchard. Phenomenal save. Yeah, um, we're just on the instant reaction, Mitch, of as a team from the goal. We've got to be better, more switched on straight from going one 0 up, haven't we? We have, and we've got to start defending corners properly. Yes. And um, I, I just, I, and I've said this for years, and not just about Rotherham, I cannot, and, and I've watched football for obviously for a long time, I cannot understand zonal marking from corners. I do not understand it. It does not work. It doesn't work. You know, it just, I, I find it bizarre. I don't understand it. I don't see the point of it. I don't, I don't get it. Because all you're doing is allowing players to, to, to run in. And, and and get even more purchase on their headers and you get and getting free headers. It just it makes no sense to me at all. I don't understand it and I don't want and that's possibly one of the reasons why we are struggling from from corners particularly. Um I think anyway. It's just it makes no sense. But anyway, there you go. Neither does playing out from back from goalkeeper from a goal kick, does it? You know, playing out of six yard box. That doesn't make any sense either, but uh but but particularly that. We're, it's going to cause us more problems this season. Genuinely, it's going to cost us more goals. Mm. I would look. I, I agree. I, 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 in my life, have not seen a, a team play zonal marking and it work consistently well. It must do. There, there must be a theory behind it, but I've never seen it. You um, really need to research the opposition to <clears throat> zonal mark effectively. You need to know their set piece routine to zonal mark and upset it. Yeah. Um, but if I, I actually agree with Mick, if I'm being honest. I man for man all the time, because then you know who your man is and you follow him like a bad smell, effectively, and just stop them getting the red to the ball. That's how you stop free headers, at least in my opinion, mm. anyway. Yeah. Uh, Michael Carnell says, from being the best defending team from, from a corner to the worst. See, that's how it feels. I, we really aren't. I hope we aren't, anyway. But that, that's definitely an area for improvement. I still... Like you mentioned a minute ago, Danny, all their good opportunities came from crosses into the box. Then, which from from the, if you take the other view is they couldn't play through us from positive. They couldn't get anything through the centre of the pitch. So whatever we're doing from that point of view is is clearly a positive. If but we, you know, sort of sacrificed the uh, defending crosses. Yeah, um, like I say, we sort of stopped it going through the middle, pushed them out wide, but then Sunderland sort of sent them all out to the right side. They very rarely, well, by comparison, they very rarely came down the left side. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, if we stop the free headers, then we will be all right if we keep sending teams out wide, especially the teams that don't like playing out wide. Yeah. Um, I do think if Sunderland had 
Ross Stewart in the team, they would have got on more of those free headers, if I'm being honest. Um, but thankfully for us, at least, he's injured. Um, mm. but yeah, you're right. Just stop it through the middle, push him out wide, and then get your men with the uh, stop your men with the free headers, and should pay dividends. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, IOC 19, how isn't there a statue of Victor outside New York Stadium? Uh, he is phenomenal. Right. Uh, just, to, yeah. just to follow up with that comment, what statue? Would it be Victor Tra- making a save or Victor necking a Stella? <laughs> good question. Very good question. Um, football Mad says the crowd made a massive difference. Stu was one of the best games he's watched at New York. He says the atmosphere was immense. Um, John Hensby says, Fossil, let's move on to Fossil. Fossil made both goals. Yes, he did, Mick. Um, mm. I mean, it makes it even stranger that he didn't play on shoot on Saturday, to be honest with you, because yeah. Fosso was. I don't think it was the best player on the pitch. I think somebody else was better. We'll come on to in a minute, but Fosso was our best attacking outlet. Everything good came through Tarek Fosso. It was brilliant. It did, absolutely, it did. And you know, if he could, it, the, the 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 issue clearly with Tarek Fosso is his consistency, isn't it? Yes, you know. And we talked we talked to Ben after the game, and Ben's not a massive fan. And he, he kind of likened him. Well, he didn't kind of. He did like him, liken him, uh, not in terms of the way he plays, but in terms of his consistency to Lewis Wing. Um, mm. I think that's a bit harsh, personally. Um, he's a far more talented player than Lewis Wing, clearly. You know, I mean, that, I don't think that's what that's what he was talking about. It's just if he could play consistently like that, game in game out, he'd be playing for Brentford in Premier League now. Yeah. So. You know, he's, he's got the ability, he's got the skill, he's got everything, he's got all the tools in his locker, which he showed the other night. He was absolutely immense in that centre, in the centre of that midfield. Um, hopefully, hopefully, he can continue to do that game after game or find some consistency for us, and then he'll then he will go on to play, obviously, at a higher level with Brentford or, or with somebody else because he's, like I said, he's got all the tools in his locker, hasn't he? And he, and he showed that on Tuesday. Just some of the. Yeah, you know, he, he got a touch of Oli Rathbone about him until he got the ball, and then all of a sudden he was, he was a prime, you were a prime cheer, weren't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> it, 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 a, a mixture of the two, and what, what a mixture to have if you could if you could do that consistent consistently. Mm. Um, it, it was excellent the other night, really, really good. Yeah, and it's just showing Danny that how how key a player he's going to be, assuming he stays fit for the rest of the season, because he's is is we lost Balas of creativity. Fosso has got that creativity. We we need that type of player. You know, Chio's been off it for a few weeks. And Fergie's not the most creative. He's, he's good at what he does, but he's not very creative. Fosso could be absolutely key to what we're trying to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and absolutely amazing at Cam for Fosso as well. Like, and I know he's played there in the past and we sort of deployed him on the left a little bit when he mm. first came, but... Up, up, the, up the spout position, if you like, the one just behind your strikers. Um, he did incredibly well. He, he really ran the show in that position. And just look at Fergie's goal, how he pressed, won the ball, somehow kept hold of it, and then pushed it forward and played in Fergie in absolutely acres of space. Like If you've got a player who can win the ball, keep carry the ball, but also distribute the ball, not quite to Balas's pinging level, but no. still still read the game enough to know where the runs are being made and, and make the pass, then, yeah, Fozzie will be a massive asset for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jack McCall says, interesting, Keane is as creative when he's back. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Josh Insta says, Fozzie is everything Chio dreams of. 
I think they're completely different players, Mick, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chio was better on Tuesday, to be fair. Chio's best Chio's been in, in, in a little while, to be honest. He's still, still got massive room for improvement. Um, but they are very different. I, I, I don't think playing one on the left, one on the right is the right way to play them. I, no. I don't know what you think. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I only compared, I only, I only said, made that comparison yeah. because of the way he was able to run with the ball and run at players once he'd won it back. Um, so, so, yeah, the, yeah, what more question? Chio, better? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Much better. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what Chio needs. What he needs is <laughs> within within two or three seconds, well, what we need to do, you know, we're yeah. playing this stupid kickoff where we pass it back and then boot it downfield to see if we can get, get you know, like a rugby union thing. Get to Chio, let him get booted in first minute by a defender and then he'll be up. He'll be up for the rest yeah. of the game. Um, because... What I'm sure we're going to come on to shortly is what fired him up, and all of a sudden he was he was he was back to back to his maybe not his best, but certainly getting up there. Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about before we talk about the second goal in a bit more detail. We'll talk about the uh, decisions that went against us, Danny, and maybe decisions that went for us at the end. Um, <laughs> I don't know which one you want to talk about. We're going to talk about Hugo getting clotheslined in penalty box, or Chio getting ragged on edge on the penalty line because we could have had two penalties there. Should have had two penalties, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, um, I, I have a little bit of information because I was fortunate enough to be outside the ground when Chio came round. Um, not not to uh, inflate my ego or anything, but I got a bro hug off him. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, Hugo's one getting absolutely closed lines. I mean, I don't see how it's not a penalty. I mean, in the same box at the end of the game, Victor gets closed lined as well. Um but and some of fans thought that was a penalty to them, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, the Chio one to begin with, I was a little bit on the fence because on the replay, you can sort of see he's like on the edge of the box. Mm. It's a foul, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a foul, yeah. but that was very indecisive from the ref for me because you know, you either make the, you make the decision and it's a free kick or you make the big decision and it's a penalty, but either way, it's a foul, yeah. Um, and Gio came uh, out and talked to us and from what he told us the ref said to him we might have got that one wrong interesting uh, but and, oh. anyway it's, it's, been, it's been and gone um, but, yeah if, if something similar had happened in the Coventry game ooh, the Fury would have been a different level but thankfully we, we were winning and we won the game so it's a little mm. bit water under the bridge like you say um, but there were a few decisions like that that um, Mr. Kavanagh got a little bit iffy, mm. in my opinion. Um, I don't know if Howard Webb was at the game. Maybe he went down and had a word. Um, you calibrate that half-time again. How many referees this season? <laughs> yeah. Rubbish first half and then anonymous in second half. Happens yeah. all the time. It's like, do they just aim for like the... Um, What's the word? The uh, the bias meter to like be smack bang in the middle. <laughs> so it's like, right, we'll do one team one half, one team second half and aim for about 50%. Yeah. But, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I, I thought know. in general, Mickey was it was. I'm not, not going to spend too long on the referee because there's yeah. lots plenty of good stuff to talk about. But I thought, I thought in general it was poor. We should have had two penalties, and we also there was the instant where Hugo got a yellow card. The referee caused the yellow card by not giving a foul two minutes earlier, which yeah. was a clear foul. If he gives that foul, the rest of it doesn't happen. And he's an experienced Premier League referee. You've got to get the little basic rubbish ones right because. These are the, this is what can eventually happen, and 
I just thought in general he was poor. Uh, yeah, I think he was. I think he was. He's, he's, he may be a Premier League referee, but you know, he, 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 there were quite a few decisions he got wrong. Um, the, 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 the elbow, shoulder, whatever you want to call it, on the, on Hugo, that was the second one. Mm. Um, I'm not sure about the first one. I've not seen the first one back. It did look a bit... The, the first one looked like an obstruction. Yeah. You know, a, a good old fashioned obstruction, which which never gets given now. In fact, I'm not even convinced it's not been taken out at rules, frankly, because I don't ever remember seeing oh, an obstruction given. So it must have been, I assume it must have been taken out at rules. Um, but the second one, and the referee's looking straight at it, straight at it. Um, I, I have no comprehension whatsoever why that's not given, no understanding at all. The only thing I can think of is because he probably thought the first one was a dive. So he thought, well, that mm. must be. But I mean, he's just, he's taken him out at the neck, whether it be with his shoulder, his arm, whatever it is. He, you know, Hugo's head stopped dead and his body's carried on. You know, it, it, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't, I, I don't understand. And it wasn't long after Chio got picked up and thrown up floor on the edge of the box. Oh, which, um, it wasn't in the box; it was outside. It was it was on the line, but probably outside. But um, yeah, he, he, he had a bit of a Keith Stroud twenty minutes, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. His, his, his vision gone or whatever. His understanding of rules, I don't know what it was, but um, you know that that surprising, really surprising. But mm. thankfully, it didn't impact the game. Well, it did. Probably it did because it, it certainly it certainly fired Chio up, you know. Uh, not True. getting that free kick, it certainly fired him up. Uh, it got Hugo booked, as you say, for a stupid challenge. Should have done it. That was just petulance um, for because he'd not got the decision going his way. It, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, just because this is very quickly, it's a foul on Victor End, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh God, thank you. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's it's some of it absolutely. <laughs> Stupid comments I've seen on 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 the internet. On Twitter. There we go. Oh my word! Well, mate, I mean, go off. I mean, I, some of these people. I mean, it's just. I think I, I, clearly the fishing. I think I think a lot of these people are just fishing for fishing for for, for bites. Um, they have to be. They have to be because nobody can be that stupid. To say that, that could that that's not a foul one keep nobody can you imagine right if that wasn't given based on the goal that we had disallowed on Saturday exactly if that wasn't given as a foul uh, I mean I mean yeah I mean the, the 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 ref got it absolutely right assuming that he gave the foul and not an yes. offside um and any any comment to say that that's not a foul one keeper is just it's just ridiculous I mean see now Seeing how much the linesman was flapping his flag about, I do think he's given the foul. Because <clears throat> yeah. with linesman, normally if it's offside, they give it a wave and then points. Yeah. Whereas yeah, with that, yeah. he would he would majorly flapping. But if you look, oh nine's led with his elbow. Yeah, well, at least with his forearm. Well, and he's two back. points, isn't there? He's led yeah. with his elbow and he's got nowhere near the ball, but still took the key Yeah, but, And, but and I've, seen the re- I've seen the replay as well. And you can see he's actually looking at Victor and not the yeah. ball. He's that type so, of player at nine. Uh, yeah. He's that type of player, but... Yeah, that's not a different <clears> matter because you, you sometimes want that kind of player in your team, but that's time player he is. He is a really good player, from being fair. But for me, can't wear number 13 because it's unlucky. 
Um, let's talk about the second goal. We've got a couple more points to talk about, um, but let's talk about the goal, Mick. Uh, Shane Ferguson scored the goal. Tarek Fossil played the pass. But if you watch the replay, a massive matter current is to go, go to Jordan Hugel, who's pulled away two players to allow Fossil the space for Ferguson to run into. So yeah. from that sense, it's an exceptional team goal. Not only that, Fossil's not only not only played the pass, but he's won the ball back in the first place as well. Yeah. You know, go, going all full Oli Rathbone on the, in that centre midfield, wins it back and... And I mean, it's it, the, the assist is almost as good, if not better, than the finish. And the finish is excellent. The finish mm. is pinpoint. Um, so yeah, it was. It's great. It's great when something like that happens, you know. And um, Fergie's. I, I, I think Fergie's a bit of a confidence player, isn't he? And, yeah. and he seems to have been lacking in confidence a little bit over the last couple of games, and and probably towards at the start of the game on on Tuesday night. But um, but yeah, what a finish. Um, Absolutely excellent and, and and great play from from Tariq Fosso in that midfield as well to to set it up. Uh, excellent. Mm. He's got a wonderful left foot, Annie Fergie, Danny. He's got such <laughs> yeah. a good left foot. In other parts of his game, you can you can always question, but his left foot is just magical. They <clears throat> said it before, and I'll say it again. It's a wand, you know. It's a wand of a left foot. <clears throat> but it's it's very similar to Ollie's goal because it's nestled right in the corner across mm. the keeper. Um, it, it's just an excellent team goal. You could see, thankfully, from the north stand, it's one of the few goals that actually scored in front of where I sit this season. <laughs> um, but you can see it all just moving towards you. You see Hugo drag out the players and you see Fergie making the run. <laughs> it was a little bit like a Gillingham moment for me because I was going, he's there, pass it out that side. And I was willing Ferguson to come towards us like... <laughs> If you watch the replay of the goal, you can see me stood up screaming at Fergie to to carry the ball this way, and then everything just erupts when he scores. Like it's it's just a brilliant, like you say, Matt, it's a brilliant team goal. It's a brilliant goal for Fergie, um, you know, and I'm quite happy he didn't get dogpiled this time after his goal. You injured him. <laughs> Um, yeah, but again, you see, it, there's a, um, a Sunderland vlog that's out that the RUFC's reposted on Twitter, yeah. and you see all the players' reactions to that goal, mm. and it again it lifted everybody in the game again because we've said it before we need the second goal, so that goal settles it a little bit because then you know if it's going to be a backs to the wall show or a more of an easier show, but for us it was the first one. Yeah. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, we're, yeah, really, really good, Mick. Um, 
I feel, I'm, I'm happy for Shane Ferguson. First goal at New York Stadium for Shane Ferguson. All, all these other ones have been away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I, I feel better when Ferguson. I don't think he always plays. But I don't. Again, I don't think he had a very good first half, like like other players. Mm. But he got the goal and he improved. He kicked on in the game and he's such a useful player to have in, in and around the squad. Yeah. Um, the talk of him going in January now seems a bit silly because he is a great player to have. Yeah, and then vastly experienced in as well. Exactly. Uh, both on and off the pitch. He's, 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 he's like, I can't add much more to what you've just said there, really. You know, he's, he's, it's just good to have him around. Um, and, and an ex-Newcastle player as well, I understand. Which so that, oh, yeah. went, uh, that went down well, I've noticed on social media today. <laughs> um, I saw a tweet from, from some Newcastle United, whether it's a Newcastle United podcast or whatever, and the tweet was just a, a picture of Shane Ferguson saying, does anybody know what's happened to Shane Ferguson? Not anything <laughs> for a while. Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> uh, I'm, Reg, Reg, Reg and Mark are right. He's got against Blackburn. It's his first goal in open play. play. First goal <laughs> in open play in New York Stadium. Is that, you're with that, you? is that what you're yeah, yeah. Yeah, the corner's a dead ball, isn't it? Correct, Exactly. <laughs> Own goal, Matt. I'll tell you now that we're on goal. I'm not getting that one, Fergie. That one didn't count. <laughs> this is his first goal. Yeah. <laughs> Fergie's going to have words with you, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really good. Uh, let's talk about this young man. Uh, Donna from Splash and Swim School says she wanted to be able to full focus, but hey, Yelda, what a player. Uh, Harry RUFC says Yelda, unbelievable. Um, for me, Mickey, we're at match. I thought Yelda was superb. That might be harsh on some other players, but that was his easily his best game for us. Uh, he made their, their strikers look like absolute mugs at times. He was just yeah. playing a different game to him. Um, yeah. He stepped up. He stepped up in performance. He's been good before. I think that was a massive step up in performance for him. Amazing, isn't it? But I just think what a prospect that lad is. I know. He's 19 years old. Um, and and the, the, the key to it for me is... I mean, obviously, over and above his immense ability uh, is there are a couple of things really. The way he reads the game, he's, he's, he's three or four yards quicker than anybody else on the pitch in his head. Yeah, um, and and the number of interceptions he made, you know, on on Tuesday night was just just ridiculous. You know, he's at, he was at the ball before the Sunderland player even realised it was coming towards him. You know. Uh, so he's in, jumping in front of him. So um, he, he, that part of it is, is excellent. The, the key to it for me, and the thing I like the most about it, is that he's a lone player like kind of Coventry and, and, and Fosser and, and everybody else. But you know, if 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 as a as a third party, mm. you were watching that game and didn't know who the lone players were and who weren't, um, you'd possibly pick Coventry. You know, you'd possibly pick Fosser. There is no way that you would say that Yelda is a lone player because mm. the way he behaves around the team, the way he reacts when things happen, everything about him just screams that he's playing for the club. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's like, I don't know, it's different. I don't, I'm not really putting it into words, but he's playing like a Rotherham United player, like it yeah. means something to him. He's not just here on loan, seeing out a season and, and getting a bit of fitness. You know, it, it means something to him. He wants to win. Not just for himself, but for his teammates. Um, that's how it. That's how it comes across. He's a young lad, isn't he? So he's mm. full of youthful exuberance as well. So maybe that plays a part in that. Um, but but I mean, and this is not a criticism of Coventry or Fossil or any any other lone players. Not not in any way. Um, it, it just I don't know. 
he feels like he wants to be here. Mm. Um, so it, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and a, and a really, really good game. Um, and we're very lucky that he's playing for us and not some Botman Premier League team like Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> good point, yeah. yeah. Uh, IFC 19's Yelda was like watching Prime Roberto Carlos. So entertaining to watch. Uh, all he needs like, from Roberto Carlos is to trust that left foot shooting because it opened up once or twice for him and he should have yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Uh, he didn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's missed two games because of injury, Danny. And we all thought Bramall has been good. Bramall has been good, but that was that's a level I don't, I'm not sure Bramall's got yet to his game. The, the the reading of the game, like Mick says, and everything else, Yelda does seem a step ahead of him from that point of view for me. Yeah, I think he um, he does as well. And that I picked up on he, he made absolute fools or something. Sunderland players at times, yeah, didn't he? Um, yeah, for me, it's always comes down to this: How on earth is he 19 years of age? It's like good. 15 senior games or something like that. It's yeah, it, I, I can't get my head around it, me. Like, the lad's <laughs> four years younger than me. Like That makes me feel old, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, again, another solid performance from Helder. Um, Tobias has picked up on is at his best when Shane is in front of him. Mm. Um, I think he's at his best when anybody's in front of him. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... The thing I like about Hilda is the overlap. He always does an overlap with the player that's in front of him. Mm. Um, where Hilda picks the ball up, the player then he then runs beyond that player and then he either pass it back into the middle or allows the player to advance up the pitch by holding the ball and then distributing it out wider. Like he said, he needs to find his shooting boots a little bit because a few times it opens up and you just think, mm, pop at goal if he like didn't Ollie Rathburn just had a pop at goal, then Killed him out of his first goal for Oven United. But yeah, another solid performance from Yelder. I'm really impressed with him and I want him back next season, which is really bad. Yeah. Just in my head, I don't know why left footers have a harder shot than right footers. When it opens up, it just you've just got to belt it. Mm. It might not be the case. You might, might have scuffed it, but yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, like, we love him. Um, we've already fallen in love with the lone player, which we know we shouldn't have done. But, yeah. mm. <laughs> yeah. says when the elder got home, he found his keys, his wallet, his phone, and Ahmed Diallo in his back pocket. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Man United he, player, which is quite funny. Yeah, he's he's been one of the star players for Sunderland this season. Diallo, all I've, all I've seen from Sunderland fans, Nigel Diallo's been this season. He didn't get a sniff, and that's and that's the side that he covers and Cam Humphreys. And I think him and Cam Humphreys have struck struck up a good partnership in terms of the left hand side as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean. Uh, before Josh, uh, Josh and Cliff in comments, uh, makes a comment about me um, raving about Cam Humphries. I thought Cam Humphries was a fault for the goal. Yes, uh, it was. Goal. Um, he, he didn't close his man down quickly enough and allowed that cross to get in. So, um, you know, it's... But, but yeah, he has struck up a good relationship and um, long may it continue into, uh, deep into this season. And uh, we, do, we do need to improve defensively. Um, uh, so yeah, the, the thing is that defensive improvement they're, they're quite small improvements, aren't they? They Just are, yeah. From open play, we're pretty much sort of very solid, even against Coventry. I thought, we were, other than that, was one mistake from Grant Hall that's that's then allowed space yeah. from open play centrally. I think we're fine, I think we're just about there, but it, it, it's that's it's like from out wide, we are really weak. It depends. Yeah, it depends. Certainly, certainly on Tuesday night, I felt whenever the ball went out wide, if it, I was frightened that it was going to get into the box because mm. we did, I thought we were going to 
who are going to struggle. Um, it, it was pointed out to us at the time uh, that when once Peltier went into that centre central central defence uh, area, his positioning wasn't great, and he was he was forcing Wes to come a lot narrower because he, he was he was going too far for the opposite side, whereas Grant Hall hadn't done that. So, um, but yeah, it's just this this stuff to work on in it, and and hopefully Grant Hall will be be fit for Monday. Um, Billy Wright will be available if not. Say again, Bailey Wright will be available if not. But yeah, obviously Bailey Wright will be available, and um, well, yeah, well, we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned defensively. I think we are pretty strong. But it just Tuesday, just there were a couple of occasions where we got found out a little bit. The good thing is, I don't think we we'll have to worry about too many crosses from Swansea. We'll talk no. about that next week. But the no. type of team that they are, I don't think they'll be crossing much. No. Um, RUC 19 is a Peltier's best game in a Rotherham shirt, he thought. When, when Hall came off, we were in for a battering, but he reinforced the defence when he got moved to centre-half. He's just growing and growing, Peltier, Danny. I don't think he was shining right. I think he was excellent what he did. But what he does is the sort of the dirty side, the unseen side of the game. And if you look, look at the content, the stuff the club they put after the game, Peltier was on the pitch going to every single player, geeing him up, telling him how amazing it was. He's, he's, he's a great player. And he's clearly a great leader as well. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, like I say, I don't think he was his shining light in a Rotherham shirt. He did very well, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was both um, Humphreys and Peltier a little bit for the second goal because mm. one, I can't remember which one, but one of them actually played him on side for their goal. Yeah. Um but if they did just <clears throat> let the offside trap do its thing, which you know it's a 50-50 thing anyway, um, then their second goal is out for offside. But anyway, but yeah, um, that after thing, I want to see more of that sort of content after the game because that's fantastic because it really shows the bond between the players and you know and Peltier really jeering them up and going, "Yep, yeah, absolutely incredible." That's what we need in these circumstances. You need to really hammer home how well they've played when we get a result like that against a team like Sunderland. Um, but I think also Peltier is the one to, you know, reinforce when they've made mistakes and played yeah. badly. Um, and so to have someone like that at the club who is, is a bit of a, a woody character, um, and I think a very good backup captain if Ollie isn't playing as well. So I just like Lee Peltier. He's just sound. Yeah, he's just likeable, isn't he? Yeah. You can't not like him, can you? When he's you playing can't. for you. Yeah, when he's playing for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's even difficult. It is difficult to even criticise him when he does something wrong. Yeah. You know? uh, he's just that kind of bloke, or he certainly comes across that way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I, I was almost surprised. I, mean, I don't know why it surprised me that they could talk about the stuff the club part afterwards. It almost surprised me how. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Really, they seem really together and close, and everything that we see on the pitch when we lose is obviously the opposite. To that they don't look. It's just a loss. But that win meant so much to those players last night on Tuesday night. Sorry, it, it was so obvious how big a win it was for everybody, not just as fans. That you could see what it meant to the players as well. I thought. Uh, I mean, we, we've been away at, at Reading and, and been paid back by because of their mistakes, their own mistakes. Mm. Uh, and lost a game that we should have won, um, and then they just didn't really turn up against Coventry. So it, it, it you know, they're going to be hurting. Yeah. They're going to be hurting. So to, I don't think it matters who, who that result was against on Tuesday night. 
I don't think that matters. You know, let's not let's not talk Sunderland up that much. No, they're they're in a good position and they're a decent side. They're by no means the best side that we've played this season, not even close. Um, And and they are get get atable as we should. Uh, And and had we been had we been playing to the level that we can play at, it would have been more than two. There's there's no no question in my mind. and I know that sounds like I'm talking us up a bit, you know. Look at us, we, we won, so we must be, you know. But that's not that's not the case at all. Um, I don't think it was about who, they, who they'd beaten or, or where the team were that they'd beaten. It was just the fact that they'd managed to break that little duck of of poor performances, um, and with the added bonus of a result, that's probably where the relief came from, rather than just so much, you know. It was oh, we beat a team or seventh or eighth or whatever they are. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the substitutions a little bit, Mick. And I know that Matt Turkey was talking about wanting attacking substitutions on the bench. And I understand that. Uh, I appreciate that. But we needed a central defender on the bench. And I thought before then, this is not hindsight, it's not captain hindsight. This is me saying before the game, I think we need a central defender on the bench. Had mm-hmm. Bailey Wright been available, a yeah. central defender would have been on the pitch. So I don't really understand why Richard Wood wasn't on the bench because... When Hall had to come off, we needed somebody like Richard Wood to come on. Yeah. Pelty didn't play as well in the centre as he did out, out on the right for me mm. because he's not a centre back by trade. Um, I don't really get it. If you go, if you want to put, if you want to put a defender on bench, brilliant. But Woody instead of instead of Wes, because you've got options on the right hand side, or yeah. you know, take a strike off and put Woody on. We needed a central defender on the bench. I don't get coming into a game without a spare centre half on bench. I, I can't work it out. No, I can't either. Uh, I think he's. I think as far as Matt Taylor's concerned, what his career's done, it seems like that's, it. Yeah. That's, that's how. That's that would be. That would be my view. That's how it. That's how it comes across. Whether that's the case or not, I don't know. But it certainly feels that way. Um, Adolphin came on and did the job perfectly well. Perfectly well. Um, he's probably more suited, or as suited to that position, more suited probably than an attacking, an attacking role. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I think Richard Wood's done um, as as a rugby United player under Matt Taylor. Unfortunately, yeah, I think Trooper travels pretty much close to the same. Thinks Wood's done under Taylor. Mm. Um, it's one of those things I sort of like to know if if it's done, it's done. Let us know, and then we can sort of because if Richard you know, if, this might not happen, but you know if Richard Wood leaves now, we are playing another game before end of the season and leaves club. That's not the way he should no. go out. He should, he, mm. you know, if, if you say right, if contract's up at season, we're not going to renew it. Then we can sort of give you if, when he when he plays his next game, the reception's going to be amazing, and that'll be almost a goodbye. I don't want to just see him sort of crawl out the back door. That'd be a really sad way for it all to end. A really really sad way for it all to end. And he doesn't deserve that. Um, no, hundred percent agree with that. Hundred percent agree with that. He's a testimonial. He's been he's been a huge servant for this club. Um, and if, and if it is the end of his career, it is sad. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that doesn't uh, that doesn't happen. No, no, that's well. Let's hope it ends. If it ends, it ends. But let's end it on a positive. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. But that, Danny, as I mentioned at the start, Jimmy Lindsay, he exists. He's a person. He plays for Rotherham United. <laughs> uh, he came on the pitch and then swiftly got kicked in the face. Um, <laughs> Jamie Lindsay, Jamie Lindsay, oh. he was really good when he came on, wasn't 
Yeah, it was. He got stuck into that game straight away. Um, I saw a comment earlier saying he proper wears his, his heart on his sleeve, and he does. Um, but, we, but he's just like a little terrier when he gets on the pitch. Now, outside of football, he's like quite quiet and reserved and shy, really. But on the pitch, good grief. I would not want to be on the receiving end of him, effectively. Um, but and he puts his head where it hurts, evidently, on the end of someone's boots um, <laughs> yesterday. Um, and it was bad as well. It, it was bad. If you watch uh, the replay on iFollow, you can tell how bad it is. Um, hopefully, it's not something serious mm. because an impact like that it could be a broken nose, but hopefully, it's not. But yeah, I, I love Jamie Lee. He's ace. I you know, I, I, I've wanted to see him in the squad for a little bit now. Um, and if he has an impact like that, I'd be more than happy to have him on the bench. But also, if he has an impact like that early on in a game, that's mm. potential early goal material. In fact, he's already scored an early goal because he scored against Luton, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's worth remembering that Jamie Lindsay missed a few games this season because he got kicked in the face playing for the reserves. You know, and a few months later, he's putting his head back where it hurts again. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just love Jamie Lindsay. We all love Jamie Lindsay. Another one that may not be with us next season, if, certainly if we stay up. But... He's great having him around the squad at the minute. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, Dean Caitlin says, "What about why West Harding late on? Not not looking the same player though. Why why weren't we using his long throws when it came on? Long throws aren't a thing under Matt Taylor, really, realistically. Um, it was a great block, Mick, but there's still he's still finding his form a little bit. Wes, when he came on, he was fine, but there was still the odd mistake in there that he needs to get rid of." Yeah, he's 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 another confidence player, isn't he? and he's he's bang out of touch at the moment. Uh, bang out of touch. I feel for Wes because he's 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 a quality championship defender. There's no question in my mind, uh, but he's making too many mistakes at the moment, and as a consequence, he can't fight for his place back in the side. And when he does get in, he, he makes another mistake, and and it's that vicious circle at the moment, isn't it, for him? Um, so we just have to just have to hope that he can he can regain some form. At some mm. stage, but you know he's he's gonna the, the issue is gonna is where he's gonna take his chance when he gets it, um, yeah. and then as Dean pointed out there, that was a hell of a block, a hell of a block in that mm. over the last few minutes, and uh, a game a game winning block, yeah, um, amongst many game winning blocks um, from uh, from from Victor as well in that uh, that, that those nine minutes. So, uh, but yeah, it's I love Wes, I love him to bits. Um, but again, I, I, I question whether, whether he's got a future under Matt Taylor as well. Mm. Yeah, I thought Paul Mad Kiosa's another one who's Kiosa still with us. Yeah, Kiosa's another one who can't buy a place in squad either, which is bizarre. It is mad after how, after how much he talked him up as well. Yeah, I talked him up. He's got pace, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got the skill, he's got the defensive. Now he's, he's, he's a danger in attack. He can head a ball. I don't, I, I, I'm not really sure, you know, why he's not in there. The only thing I can think of is that he, he, Taylor wants the the, uh, the experience of Peltier and a another in that back yeah. line. He wants he wants two experienced defenders in there. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. Possibly. 
Um, Jamie says it was good to see Jamie Lindsay back on the pitch. Agreed. Uh, Terry Femmer says Jamie should be in on the pitch every week or on the bench at least. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Trooper travels are almost explosive. Battling performance, but back to the wall second half after they pulled one back. How we won't get away with it every week. That's true. Um, Phil Ox says Coventry, Connor Coventry was tremendous. Danny, what were your thoughts on Connor Coventry? It's certainly an improvement from, from, the, from the Coventry game. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Definitely an improvement. Um, I think... If we did play uh, four two three one, like Twitter suggested, that maybe suited him more. Mm. Um, yeah, much, much improved performance. So I think if Coventry keeps improving from the level he played against Sunderland, then he will be exceptionally good by the end of yeah. the season. But again, we've said it before; it was a little bit like that with Barlasso when he first came on loan. Um, very, very similar sort of thing. We. Connor Coventry is like he's there, but then he's not there. If that makes sense, hmm. like, like he's very very good, but then he'll have a big wobble. Unfortunately, that was against Coventry. Um, but yeah, Sunderland much improved for him. Um, thought he did very very well. Hmm. He did. Uh, Andrew Winnell says it on Pelty. As much as Pelty is good defensively, do miss an attacking option down the right hand side that Kyoson gives. That's right. Yeah, I agree with that. Pelty yeah. lacks. He can't. He do, either can't or doesn't want to cross the ball. Um, whichever one of those is. Um, let's talk about the sort of big picture now. It leaves us five points clear of the relegation zone. We've almost pulled Birmingham back into the fight, mate, with two points off Birmingham, sitting on 36 points, potentially three or four wins, you know, nine to 12 points away from probably safety. Um, everybody, we obviously play after everybody else at the weekend because, of course, we're playing Monday night. Mm-hmm. We sit in a really good position. Um, it's amazing what one win can do. Because had we lost that game, we're sitting what was it, a couple of points over relegation zone. Mm. Having we we could have been in the relegation zone by the time we played on Monday. Yeah, but now we're sitting mm. five points clear. So, how do you feel about the overall survival picture right now? Well, better than I did on uh, on Monday night, obviously. Um, so <laughs> we're still we're still teetering on the edge, aren't we? You know, this is not over yet by a long way. We're going to lose some more games, uh, so we need to be we need to be just. We need to be just going for it um, against certainly certainly against Swansea. Who are, who are bang out of form. Not that mm. I mean, I'm saying they're bang out of form. I'm not convinced that they've ever had any form really, um, and, and I don't mean that in a smart smart ass way. I, I don't. You know, he, he, form is not just being able to play 672 passes, completed passes in a game. That's not form. Mm. What form is getting the three points, winning, putting the ball in the back of the net. It may include some of that kind of play, but that it seems from what I've seen of Swansea, which I accept is not a lot, um, that 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 their their whole game just seems to be based about around possession. Um, and I don't know whether they're just waiting and waiting and waiting until you get an extra point for having you know more than seventy five percent possession in the game. Perhaps I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but. Um, that, but those, that's that's a game that we need to be targeting to to to, to at least get a point out of it, preferably three. Um, it's one of those that we could Stoke went there the other night and Stoke, are, we, you know, we, we've seen seen what how poor Stoke have been this year. Um, well, to, to put that into context, had Stoke lost that game, we would have been one point behind them. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, we can only judge teams on when we've seen them. Usually against us, um, and Stoke have been a, were, were woeful, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Um, and and how they how they managed to bag a win anywhere is 
it's quite a surprise, really. Just again, just based on on what we've seen. Um, so, so yeah. But I mean, I'm sure teams will be saying that about us. You know, Blackpool will be saying, "How did Rotherham beat Sunderland?" Mm. You know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, uh, it's it's still on a knife edge, isn't it? Still on a knife edge. Yeah, yeah. But we're only a couple of couple of couple of wins away from yeah. Being, Feeling so so comfortable. Yeah. Um, we played last, obviously. The, the, the fixtures that affect us at the weekend are Huddersfield away to Burnley, so they're not going to win that one. Or you wouldn't expect them to win that one. Cardiff are away to Norwich. Cardiff's top scorer, Carl Robinson, is out until after the international break. He's had seven goals and four assists. That's massive for Cardiff. Uh, we've got next Blackpool away to Reading. Uh, Reading having beaten us, then lost to Covent, lost to Cardiff have a big say have still have a big say in this and Wigan are away at Preston are very very inconsistent mm. um, realistically Dan you wouldn't expect any of those to win but you wouldn't maybe don't expect us to beat Sutherland so <laughs> yeah exactly I mean case in point this season in the championship it almost seems to be the most in- in- inconsistent football league that's out there at the minute it's like you've got Rotherham beating Blackburn 4-0 and, Sun- and getting a win against Sunderland 2-1 but then you've got us getting absolutely pasted by some teams that are in and around us you know when we played Huddersfield they weren't particularly good but we got absolutely rinsed by them yeah um, so yeah it, it's a strange league this season it's, it's a little bit too close for my comfort but <laughs> Rotherham do things the Rotherham way it's never easy Mm. Um, but I've just done the maths and we are averaging just over 50 points if we carry on as we are right now. Um, might be enough, but I think carry the result against Sunderland into Swansea and etc. Maybe get another little unbeaten run going like we had. Um, I mean, was it was it four unbeaten that we had, or was it three? Uh, at least four could have been, could have been five, no, yeah. four last year. Yeah, four. Another, another little run like that, you know, like even if it's a draw against Swansea and then a draw next time out, something like that just to keep us ticking over. And I think we should be okay. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I saw a comment earlier about if we're safe by Middlesbrough, uh, then we might get a cameo from Richard Woods in the last game or in the Borough game. <laughs> My Rotherham United art tells me we won't be safe by Middlesbrough. It's going to the last game, lads, isn't it? I can't cope again. The thing is, what Tuesday showed is that it doesn't have to. It doesn't yeah. have to go down to the last day. We, we've got enough in the tank. We've got enough in our in, the, in these players to beat almost anybody. Or in fact, we showed against Burnley that we can beat anybody in this league. I know we didn't, but we could, we could and maybe should have done. So there's enough in this team to win, for, to, to just be comfortable. Um, Philox says the crux of the matter is if we can string three or four wins on the bounce. Hish tells us no. You don't need to. There's none of those bottom four, unless Warnock works is absolute magic, Mick. Nobody on those bottom four is going to win more than two in a row, I wouldn't have thought, between now and end of the season. So it's a matter of win one. If you win two in a row, brilliant. Go on a mini unbeaten run. You're going to lose games because you're in bottom six at division. You're going to lose loads of games. It's just making sure you, you keep tipping over those points and getting a win. If you win one every four games, probably going to stay up. If you win three games on trot, you're going to stay up. Oh yeah, yeah. Anybody, anybody at that bottom four, five, six, probably now. Um, with Birmingham coming back into it, dropping back into it, and don't write Stoke off either. As, as <laughs> into it, don't because you know they 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 they're, they're just as bad. So um, 
anybody that out of that that lot that can put three three wins together stays up. We're at that for me. We're at that point of the season where if you can do that, it's probably going to get you because of the number of points that everybody's on. It's probably going to get you enough with a with a, a couple of draws thrown in and the you know in the last in the other games as well. So, um, but have we won to on trot this season? Yes. Um... Matt Tiller's like his second game. Will we be before Stoke? Or after Stoke? Stoke, Huddersfield, Stoke on that Tuesday, then Huddersfield. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Let, let, fingers crossed it happens again. You know, it's... it's we, We've got the ability, we've got the, we've got the squad to, that are capable of doing it. So, uh, you know, it's just... Yeah. Strap yourselves in, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> strap yourselves in for the Rotherham United <laughs> Championship roller coaster. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned Michael Connell says, don't forget QPR. Well, as the IOC refers to in the footballing terrorist is coming back to New York Stadium in a few weeks. Uh, Gareth Ainsworth. Dreading that. <laughs> I can't oh, wait. Good, I might take a book to read if I'm being honest. <laughs> the, the thing is, it's one of those situations where you said, well, you're going to have a really, really dull nil-nil draw. I'd probably take it this time. To mm, yeah. Um, yeah. You'd want the win, but if it, you know, after Tuesday night's in antics, I'd take a boring game probably. Uh, and don't forget, if Chio controlled the ball better on the 92nd minute, we'd have all been relaxed for the last four or five minutes. So all, we can all blame Chio. I mean, I mean, to be fair, if if Washington scored, we'd all have been more relaxed as well. True. Yeah, we haven't had time to talk about that. I thought Washington and Kelly were good when they came on as well. We mm. had time to cover that. Yeah. Mick pulled a face. I'm, not, I'm a bit disappointed with Georgia Kelly, to be honest. It felt, yeah, yeah it just. He seemed two or three yards slower than everybody else on pitch. I don't know whether he's injured or ill or, or what, but he was it looked like he was running through treacle a lot of the time. He just he just didn't seem to make any impression. Uh, but that's not his game, is it? His game is no. getting in that box and uh, and causing mayhem in there. Um, so, but that might be an indication as to why Matt Taylor's not playing mm-hmm. him as much as one. You know, some of us would have hoped. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced his pace is there. I don't think it is, no. But that's not what it's there for, like so. Um, yeah. We will be back on Sunday evening. We will do a preview of of, of Monday. I'll give you a, I'll give you a preview of the preview. Um, we found out the refereeing team for Monday night. Um, it's what I referred to as the dream team. Um, okay. The referee is Gavin Ward. Yeah. And the fourth official is Keith Stroud. Yeah. So, you know, Nick, you need one of them blood pressure machines uh, for Monday night's um, yeah. game. Well, um, we know what we're going to get Gavin Ward. We don't. Well, we don't know what we're going to get with Gavin Ward, do we? We don't know we're going to get the one that lets people get assaulted, or whether you know the one that's going to be reasonable because he can be. He can be, but, yeah. but he's also shown as well that you know he's, he's no real issue in 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 not being. Uh, and we know you're going to get with Stroud. He's need to be involved so you can you can get some. Uh, I'm sure fourth official will be. Uh, Giving some decisions on, on Monday night, sure. Yeah, pretty sure, Mick. Just to give you, some, you know, if you remember when we played Swansea back in 2018 and we lost four three, a certain Mr. Stroud was referee on that day as well. Yes, yes, it was. Um, you know, anyway, move on. So we were back on Sunday. We will talk about what the results that happened on Saturday. Obviously, it's been a big news in football with the with the um, regulatory mm. document released on today. We'll we'll give that as much of a glance as we can read without falling to sleep. We'll talk about that. Um, there's also rumours of a TV deal almost being announced or being announced in the next few weeks by the EFL of doubling the uh, 
money that they currently get. We'll talk about that as on sun, probably on Sunday as well, because I have a bit more time to talk about and research it. It only broke in the last 10 minutes before we start recording, so we need to look at that before we talk about it. Um, please do subscribe if you haven't already, because we're on over 900. We want to get to 1,000 before the end of the season, and we're only like 85 away or something like that. So go and subscribe if you haven't done already. Um, Sunday evening, we'll be back ready. So Monday morning for the audio podcast, make sure you subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are getting that as well. And anything else I need to talk about, you two? Anything else? Um, just in reply to Chris Tether there about me enjoying my pocket pie. Yes, I did. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, Chris gave me a meat and potato pie outside the West Stand. <laughs> uh, it was slightly warm, uh, but I reheated it at home and it was lovely. So thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Vic, thank you for being with us. No, you're very welcome. And... Um, We'll be back soon. Thank you, everybody. Subscribe, like this video on YouTube, watching it. Uh, and uh, yeah, see you all very, very soon. Thank you very much. Cheers. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, here's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.